This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Damer, Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yes, Happy New Year to you, Larry. How's everything? How you feeling, my friend? Long time great. no talk. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. I have heard you, but it's been a while since I've seen you. Good to see you. As always, good to see you. Gordon, I got my Christmas and New Year's wish early this year. I got what it. was that? I got it. I got it. We've been talking about it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. We'll talk about it in a couple of minutes in the rundown. But I got it. I got it. It was not a uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I know that. I know. No, it I wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. No, 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 no. It wasn't that even. That would have been. That would have been birthday thrown in as well. That that was an expensive gift right there. I'll tell you that. You know what? It wasn't even. As a matter of fact, there was some coal in my stocking when Chris Sale ended up with Atlanta. Because yeah, you know that he's with right. he's, oh, he's, he's with Atlanta. Reborn. He's going to be Cy Young Award. Oh, of course. You know, because they do everything right. Just what I need in my division. <laughs> Chris Sale. Just what I need, Gordon Damer. Just what I need. So, how was the New Year's for you? How's the family? Everybody some, was good. Uh, some, my, da- my daughter stories. did wake up uh, Christmas morning at 3 o'clock in the morning with a stomach bug. So good. that was not uh, that was a, a gift that I was not looking forward to. But other than no. that, she she got over it quickly, uh, and uh, everybody had a good Christmas, good New Year, happy and healthy. How about you? Everything good? Everything's good. Everything is good. Can't Santa was good to you. Santa's always good to me. All right, that's that's the main yeah. thing to hear. Santa's that's always good. good to me. As a matter of fact, sometimes every day is Christmas here, Gordon. Yeah. Well, look at that. Look at you living the yep. dream. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Sometimes every I said sometimes mm. every day is Christmas. Not every day. Sometimes every day is Christmas. All right, before I get into more trouble, let's talk about the rundown. Some of the things we're going to talk <laughs> about tonight on the ESPN New York tonight. Gordon, the Jets wave veteran Pro Bowl running back Dalvin Cook, who signed a one-year $5.8 million guaranteed contract. Now, the plan, he would be a one-two punch with second-year back Brees Hall, who was coming off a knee injury last season. Instead, Cook was hardly used this season. 67 carries, 214 yards, and no touchdowns in 15 games. As you know, Robert Salah joins the Michael K show every week. This afternoon, the guys asked him, so why release Cook now? There's only one game left in the season. You know, there's obviously a, a, a business part to it, but Delvin's been an unbelievable teammate. We really, really appreciate his time. I know it hasn't gone nearly as well as anyone had hoped for, especially him, And uh, but just an opportunity for him to get out there and uh, try to finish off the season strong. He's got a lot of juices left in his legs, and like I said, it just didn't work. But again, an opportunity. He's done. He's done us well, and we, you know, he's been an unbelievable teammate. Like I said, and even through all this adversity, he's been a great mentor to his teammates. He's been a great sounding board for coaches. He's been awesome, and uh, just appreciate everything he's done here. Gordon, who's going to bring him <laughs> he's in? He's got a lot of juice left in his legs. Who's going to bring him in? He hasn't used his legs, Larry. That's why he's got juice because right. he hasn't used them. Who's going to bring him in with one game left, Gordon? I, I have no idea. I, I mean, by all looks, he looks cooked. Uh, yeah, and, and there were some some questions about how, you know like the analytics of his usage in his last year in Minnesota, and the analytics aren't always right. Mm-hmm. But the analytics on him were dead on, man. He yeah. he was. What was a worse signing? Okay. What was a worse plan? The plan that they had for Cook or the the, the plan that they had for Nicole Hardman? The plan that they had for Cook because they paid him more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's and, a good point. And they punted Hardman early. Yeah. At least they yeah. said it wasn't going to work. Let's get rid of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kept him all season for I nothing. Mean, what, it's a, what a disastrous offseason. It was. A Not disastrous offseason. Not good. 
Not good. And that enough. and those two moves, both just complete dumpster fires. Not even like one, two, or three on the list. I know. I know. There's many more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's many more ahead. But good many thing they ahead. announced everybody's coming back. Wouldn't want to lose it. anybody. One more time. You get one more shot at it. One <laughs> more shot at it. Yeah. Because you know what? I'm not paying this whole staff to sit around and do nothing. I guess. Y'all screwed this up. Y'all going to fix it. And if you don't fix it this year, I got my money's worth. Six years, I'm not paying you to do anything. Get out. You out. Out. Everybody out. That's the way it's going to be. Amazing. Speaking of out. Bill Belichick was asked about his job security going into Sunday's game with the Jets, and of course, you know what he said. I'm on the I'm onto the Jets. Well, yeah, he's not onto the playoffs, that's for sure. <laughs> well, not exactly. He told WEEI up in Boston, whatever success I've had, I've tried to go about my job the same way every week. Win, lose, good years, bad years, whatever they are. The Patriots have clinched a last place finish in the AFC East Gordon with their four and twelve record. It's the worst under Belichick in twenty-four years. More from Belichick. I'm committed to the team that I'm coaching right now, the players that are here, he said in response to the projection of the Patriots having the third pick in the draft. Once again, his last comment, Gordon, they deserve my best every day, and that's what I'm going to give them. There's no way he's losing that game to the Jets. No, I know. There's no way in heck he's losing that game to the Jets. The last game that he's ever going to coach in New England. I know. He's owned that organization. Up, uh, up one side and down the other, yeah. there's no way he's losing that game. And, and look, if you're a Jet fan, from my point of view, you shouldn't want to win that game. Yeah. Like, the difference right. in that game could be the difference between picking top five and picking 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. What's to be gained by all of a sudden if you beat Belichick in his last game as the Patriots coach, somehow you have some bragging rights. The guy clubbed you over the head year in and year out. He made you his his personal punching bag. Yeah. But somehow you're going to get some some uh, issue of revenge by beating the last time. I don't know. I don't get it. But I don't think but, that but, uh, Jet fans will have to worry about that. Yeah, I know. But that's a Jet fan, Gordon. You want to beat him. You, you, well, look, he's going to go someplace beat else. Him. Beat him no, there. Not with New England. No, you, it's tough. Look, I, go I beat understand. Him. Go, go pick, beat him and then be picking 11th in the draft. But but listen, <laughs> who's picking? Well, Joe Douglas <laughs> has shown that when he picks top five, he can do a pretty good job. Okay. You got you to have multiple first-round picks and um, preferably one in the top five, and he'll, he might nail that one. All right. We'll see. Pick 11. 11 was the first year he had to pick, and he picked Mekhi Becton. Yeah, well, we all make mistakes. <laughs> yeah. We all do. And the Giants are in a similar situation, Gordon. Now, they lost the winnable game to the Rams, but they're looking to finally defeat a struggling Philadelphia Eagles team on Sunday. This Philadelphia Eagles team, Gordon, aside from Jalen Hurts looking like he's hurt, their defense has disappeared off the face of the earth. They've given up, what, 30-plus points in their last – seems like every game they played the last two months. Yeah, they are in complete meltdown mode. I don't know what other way to put it. Uh, they've had a couple of games now where you're like, well, they're going to they're gonna figure this out. They're the Eagles, right? They're going to figure this out. And then to go out there this past week oh. and, and, and play that game like they did against Arizona. Had a big lead. Oh, my gosh. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a disaster. And uh, the one game that they've won here basically since the start of December was against the Giants. Yeah. You That's know, right. some of those games you can understand. The uh, the uh, the uh, the Niner game you understand. Maybe um, the uh, the Seattle game. That one was a kind of a freaky one down the end. They made some incredible plays down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, they are in complete meltdown mode, and I would say they're already locked into their spot. Yeah. So there's nothing really to be gained in terms of, of improving where they can play come the playoffs, but I don't know that they can rest people with no, this they game. they got to kind of get things right. They haven't been right in a very long time. Especially on the defensive side of the ball. They need, they need, to, play, they need to play a full game. Mm-hmm. They need to play a complete game. Well, you know, former Giants wide receiver Amani Toomer, part of our Sunday New York game day crew with Anita Marks and Mike Tannenbaum, joined Barton Hahn today, and he's kind of with you, Gordon. He's happy Big Blue is winning, you know, the way they're playing, playing hard. But as far as the results go, he's hoping for a loss. They're competitive. It's, you know, there are no blowouts. The culture is real because when you see a culture like that, when there's nothing to play for and they still play hard and they're still making plays, that to me is a team that, that, that it's on the, in the right direction. Not where we want it to be right now. They're not good, you know, but they're looking a lot better now than they did earlier on in the season where it's a team that you can get behind and really believe in and kind of have, you know, and get your hopes up for what could possibly be uh, in the next season. And the draft pick is something that everybody doesn't want to talk about, but I I want to talk about so i don't want to you know ruin the top five pick that we have right now it, like the arizona cardinals are doing they're winning the battle but they're losing the war in terms of supplementing that team with better talent around it monty tumor on with the dp attorney rothenberg this morning gordon and you agree with him a thousand percent don't you well i wouldn't want to win the game i don't i don't agree with this culture uh, to me culture is nonsense either you win games or you lose games uh the amount what, what, remember when the Brooklyn Nets had this amazing culture, Larry? The, mm-hmm. the Nets culture, all oh, the culture. They had this great culture, and then they went out and got better players, and it didn't get them over the hump. And then they lost the good players, but they had the culture. I don't, I don't hear a lot of talk about the culture. Show no. me a, a winning team, and automatically we will associate a good culture with that winning team. Show me a losing team that you say, you know what, they're losing a lot, but boy, what a culture they have going. They're really building something special with that culture. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. Does not happen, my friend. Does not happen. Speaking of interesting things that doesn't happen, can we get a really tightly, nicely done, competitive, very talented, officiated football game? No. Is that possible, Gordon? Is that possible? Where I I just don't understand where people are. Like we see this all. If you watch the games every week, and you yes. if you watch, this is my first year without Sunday ticket, but I have the the um, the uh, the red zone, so you mm-hmm. still get a, a flavor, a feel for all. If you watch these games, you know these games are not officiated well. They're not. There's blown calls every single week, and it, it, it there's just certain things. Like if you explained it to somebody who didn't watch football, that in <laughs> 2024. How do they how do they know where the ball is that well they, they they have a guy on the sidelines and he can see through all the bodies and he puts it in a certain spot. Well, how do they know if that's a first well then they bring out a, 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 a two sticks with a chain attached to either side of it and then they measure to see they do what? They, how do they do it? it? It makes no sense. The game is too fast for all these officials. The camera is faster than the human eye. Mm-hmm. They need to rely more on cameras, less on human people, uh, on on human beings, human people, less human people, more cameras, and uh, and and kind of modernize the game. There's no reason why there's not a chip in the ball that tells you exact. And I know it's like old. It, it, oh, I like the old school. I like the chains. I like. Come on, it, it's 2024. Let's move past some of this and at least try to fix this. But you know what the problem is? It's so popular. We'll all yell and complain about it. Mm-hmm. And then on Saturday, what are we going to be doing? Like, oh, look, they got, watching we got, football, we, baby. Right, we're watching football. I don't want to miss the game. Can't. 
No, oh, can't miss the game. Can't miss the game. And here's what's so funny to what you're saying. TV can tell us with a fake colored line on the screen. Right. Where the first it's not official. It's, it's more accurate than anything that's done by human people. It's amazing. Well, you know, on that point, Gordon, everybody's been talking about what happened between Dallas and Detroit. Right. Did you see the NFL sent out a video on the correct way to report as an eligible receiver? Oh, shut up. It's so obvious. Just admit you blew it. Look, as someone who has sometimes had problems in relationships admitting that they're wrong, Mm -hmm. you just got to sometimes take the L. Got to take the L. The the ref, the the, the official, uh, what is it, Greg Allen, Brad Allen, something Allen. Yeah. He screwed it up. He saw two guys, one guy reported to him, the other guy didn't. He flip-flopped the numbers, and he got it wrong, and he blew a game. And that guy should be nowhere near the playoffs. Well... And to make matters worse, had they made the right call before on when Dallas had the ball, we never would have had that situation because Dallas would have won the game. In what play? What were you talking penal- about? The penalty that they called. Oh, right. Okay. See, if they had if they had called that correctly, then Dallas would have scored and you wouldn't have had the situation. Yeah. Well, look, I, I'm not a big believer that I need every single call to be right. If, they, if mm-hmm. you need every single call to be right, Sports is not for you because there's never going to be a time where every single thing is perfect. Yes. But when it's so obvious that you blew the call, just come out and say, you know what? We blew the call. We yeah, blew it. We did. We, we have to be better. And you're right. They will not be, they may not even be allowed to watch the postseason on TV as bad as they were. Brad Allen is his name. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of Brad Allens. A lot of them. Yeah. But there's I knew only it wasn't one that Paul Allen. Greg Allen was the Yankee outfielder. Yeah. Eh, Greg Allen. A lot of those guys. Yeah. A lot of yeah. Allens. A lot Greg of Allens. Yeah. Uh, this was my holiday wish, Gordon, and I got it. Knicks completed that deal to acquire OG yes. Ananobi from the Toronto Raptors in exchange for R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, obviously, Toronto's Precious Sature and, Mal- and uh, Malachi Flynn also come to New York. New York also sends their 2024 second round pick to Toronto. Alan Hahn weighed in on the on the deal, and he, um, I think he likes it, Gordon. I don't want people to get caught up in the idea that this was supposed to move the needle uh-huh. to elite status. Tenders, uh-huh. This is, to me, a move that is a methodical building block, another step to get you closer, and you're still waiting for the big one that brings it all together. That's the move you're still waiting for. That hasn't happened yet. And that's what we're, and we're still waiting on it, but it's out there. They got better because they got back to what they need to be, which is a tough defensive team they added more toughness all right Gordon give me your thoughts on the trade I think that they what they essentially did was they gave away more talent to become a better structured team right like quickly was never going to get the opportunity here that he's going to get in Toronto and I am concerned that now with the opportunity you know so much of the NBA is just minutes do you get that opportunity to really um put up numbers and I think that now he is going to go put up numbers more so than the numbers he put up here because he's going to have a greater opportunity but this kind of balances the Knicks out structure wise to be a a little bit of a a, a more well-rounded team because they needed that size they needed that three and D guy we've been shouting about it forever and this is I, I know we've used this term this is like if Tom Thibodeau could cook up a player in a lab this is his new Luol Deng, right? This yeah. is his new his new guy. He's going to shoot some threes. He's going to be a lockdown defender. 
He's mm-hmm. going to do a lot of the, the grunt work that, uh, that he loves, and uh, I think it makes them a better team, not greatly better, but a better structured team and well-rounded team. They match up better against teams now than they did before. Right. And all you had to do was look at the game yesterday, and you saw the difference, mm-hmm. how they were able to compete front line. Now, look, I know they have to make another deal. I don't know what they're going to use for this other deal, Gordon, to be honest, because, I mean, Evan Fournier and a bunch of draft choices, I don't know what that's going to get you. But, you know, they had to make a move, obviously, with, you know, with Mitchell Robinson down. You had to do something. You were getting beat on your front line. Uh, Here's the big concern for me is will Grimes be able to step up now to be that guy on the bench to get the scoring? Because mm-hmm. they're going to have to find a way to make up for quickly scoring off the point, off, off the bench. He was fabulous in that role. And, you know, part of the reason that he's not here, too, is he didn't sign that contract. And the Knicks are like, well, we don't want him to leave without – we get nothing, even though right. they really got something because he was – you know, it was a restricted pick. But nevertheless, you know, they, were, they, they can't let him just walk out the door for less than what they would have gotten. So they had to make the move, and I think it makes them a little better. Yeah, and it's crazy that we're we're focusing so much on quickly and not the guy who was the third pick in the draft. Yeah. Uh, I think that we've kind of seen, and who knows, maybe now R.J. Barrett back home mm-hmm. will um, that, that will open up possibilities for him. I, I think he kind of walks into the same spot that he's he was with the Knicks. Like he's gonna be he's gonna be kind of blocked in a couple of areas with a couple of guys they already have that need the mm-hmm. ball, um, but. I liked RJ because while he was not a great player, he was a good player, and you always felt like he was a hard worker. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that about him. So I, ho- I hope he does well. Yeah. Uh, I- I'm pretty confident quickly will do well. Yes. Uh, and that has the potential to blow up in the next phase, but this is a move that they had to make, but it is contingent upon them making that next big move. Now, yeah. now you almost have to make that big move. You do. And the question is, who will be a part of that big move? That's the question. Those are some of the things we'll be chatting about tonight on ESPN New York Tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon and I will chat with you next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, I thought first game, you know, impressive really, you know, just to be ready and to kind of figure it out like on the fly. So played smart, played off people well. Played great defense, hustled, moved without the ball, shot good shots, made good plays. So, um, very good start. Surprising. Tom Thibodeau loved the defensive effort from OG Ananobi. Who, who would have who thought it, Gordon? Who would have well, thought it? I, I know that there's some Nick fans. There's a good portion of the Nick fan base who does not like this coach and feels like this coach is limiting whatever the Knicks ceiling could be. Uh, if that's the case... Uh, I think I have some bad news for you. He is as in, this is his kind of team. They're making moves for his kind of players. Uh, Evan Fournier, not (laughs) that, that one off season, (laughs) notwithstanding. Uh, And this is the latest one. You know, Josh Hart was his kind of move. Jalen Brunson, Mm -hmm. his kind of move. Uh, OG Ananobi, his kind of move. So um, I think that this is not the big move. As we heard from Alan Hahn earlier, I think most people realize this is not the big move. And I think when you move a, two homegrown guys and one as popular as uh, as quickly is 
and you get back a player and you're saying that's not the big move. I think that that's where some of the disconnect for fans feels, oh, we got robbed, we got, we got fleeced, uh, a lot of that. But um, this, is, this is Tom Thibodeau's kind of player. And um, it certainly feels like this is just the beginning of, of something else that's going to come here before too long. It also kind of says to me that Tibbs is not going anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's going to be here. They're going to resign him. They're going to mm-hmm. extend his contract. Uh, we'll see, you know, how long it'll be and everything, but they'll probably get that done in the offseason. You're not going to make him go into year five as a lame duck head coach. So they'll probably get that done in the offseason. Uh, and, yeah, you want to see what they do next. Now, listen, I'm not sure who that next move is. I'm, I'm, I'm a little tired of seeing the Donovan Mitchell stuff. I, if I'm Cleveland, I'm not moving him. You know, I'm, I'm not going to do that, especially during the season. I'm not going to do that. So that's going to be the issue, Gordon, is does this move put them, give them a better option, a better chance to win in the second round? Can can this move put them into a spot where you go, maybe you win the second round, like you lost in six last year. Can mm-hmm. you maybe get to a seventh game in the second round? Once again, it depends on matchups. We understand that. And so can you get to a sniff of the conference finals? See, that's going to be the question that you have here because – I don't know that that big move is going to happen this season. You may have to wait till the offseason. You know, you may have to wait for that next big move, that next big domino to fall. It may have to be from a player who is on a team that underachieves this season, that doesn't go as far as they should go in the postseason. And now they're like, you know what? This is not happening. I want out. Where it's it's kind of kind of a Joel Embiid situation last year before they jettisoned James Harden. Mm-hmm. where he was just moaning and complaining and I want out and I don't want to stay here and so on and so forth. That's number one. Number two is, and listen, I'll speak for me. I've been very critical of Julius Randle over his time here with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. But Gordon, the past month, he's been outstanding. There's nothing really you can say bad about him. Uh, he's giving you the, the production that you want. He's available to you. Uh, on those occasions, listen, he's a flawed player. We know he's not perfect. We know he turns the ball over. He drives you crazy when he starts passing the ball in the air. But last night in the fourth quarter, Gordon, he took a step where you you know what? Can I get this Julius Randle in the postseason? That's what you're saying. Can yeah. I get that? Can I get this Julius Randle then? Because the way he's playing now, are you going to move him? I mean, I, is, I don't is, think you can move him because I, I don't think that he is ever going to have the value to someone else that he has to you. Mm-hmm. And that's the definition of making a bad trade, trading someone away who has more value to you than you can get just simply to move them. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, if there's some blockbuster move that's out there and there's some team that, that really wants Julius Randle to be part of that, uh, all right, let's all <laughs> – let's mm-hmm. all – Let's all have a little uh, dream, but yes. uh, I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think that he has as much value to other teams. I don't think there's that much interest in other teams. In Juli- who Who's going to be interested in Julius Randle? Exactly. So they can't move him. No. Even though this would be the time because of mm. his the way he's playing. Yeah. This would be the This would be selling high, right. This would be the best time to move him. But right now, Gordon, you have to be pretty – if you move him, you got to be pretty sure you're going to get back what he's giving you right now. And what he's able to give you is, listen, not not putting up threes. He's been a guy that's been really physical in the paint. He's been a guy that's, that's you know, been really physical, 
in the painted areas, gotten some baskets, even going to the free throw line a lot. So, I mean, he's played as well as you as well as he's played for a stretch of time with this team, Gordon, since he first got here. This is the best stretch of dominance and in big moments. Because yesterday, listen, uh, it was one of those days Jalen Brunson couldn't buy a basket. He was awful mm-hmm. yesterday. But Randall took that game over late in the fourth quarter, and that's what you need to see from him. Well, this is the this is the, his time to shine. Uh, we know yes. that the, the playoffs are not his time to shine, but his, his strength is putting up real dominant numbers, all NBA-type level numbers in the regular season and being there every single night in a league mm-hmm. where most superstars or most stars are not there as much as he is. He is there. Yeah. You can count on him to, to give you those numbers night in and night out, and that has value. Uh, you don't make the playoffs without winning regular season games. I know the regular season is not – as valuable maybe as in other sports because there's an expectation if you're pretty good, you're going to make the playoffs, but you need those numbers, and uh, that's what he gives you now. I think the only time that you're ever going to see anything close to this kind of efficient-type play is if they do add that other star play, a Mm -hmm. guy who comes in and he's like the best guy on the team, Mm -hmm. and now you have to rely less and take the pressure off of him. So now that there's – there's Brunson, and there's Ananobi, and now there's another guy, and then there's Randall. And maybe mm-hmm. then you might be able to get a more efficient – because he goes from this guy who dominates in the regular season to one of the least efficient players come playoff. He's a disaster. He is. He is. So that question becomes, Gordon, looking at the team the way it's currently constructed, that sounds like it's got to be somebody in the backcourt, right? You've got – and then Obi at the four, at the three. Mm-hmm. You've got Randall at the four. You mm-hmm. have a center. Uh, and Hardenstein's been unbelievable. I mean, him last night defensively just blocking, you know, um, Gobert mm-hmm. on dunk attempts was fabulous last night. So you've got, you know, you sounds like it's going to have to be somebody in the backcourt. Sounds like uh, you're going to have to get a scoring guard. I think it would have to be Grimes, right? I mean, who who has – I don't think they're going to move DiVincenzo. No. Uh, they're not moving Brunson clearly. Nope. Ananobi just got here. We just right. talked about Randall. Yep. Um, I don't think Josh Hart's going anywhere. Nope. So be a guard. who's going to be? Who are guy? Who's somebody on the team that has some upside? You're going to have to package. I think a Grimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, maybe Fournier. a McBri- uh, uh, right along with the Fournier contract, McBride maybe, and uh, a bunch of your picks. Whatever picks you have, whatever picks you've acquired load them all up into a basket, and send them mm-hmm. off. Well, see, but now with uh, the move that they made for, you know, extending um, uh, the contract of $13 million. Oh, his name just, you just said his name. went right out of my mind. Um, the point guard off the bench. Deuce McBride. Uh, uh, McBride, right. Yeah, so now you just extended him. So, I mean, you better hope that he gets some playing time to – be worthy of that contract because Tibbs never plays him. Yeah. So now he's your, well, he's your point he, guard off the bench. Yeah. I mean, unless the guy Flynn, whenever he's healthy, if he comes in and does something, I mean, maybe I don't, I don't, I have to be honest with you. I've never seen Malachi Flynn I've never seen before in my life. So I, I would be him. lying to you if I yeah. said that I had a real good knowledge of his game, but I would think that McBride is going to have to play. He has to, you would think. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, what it's going to be. It's going to be Jalen Brunson playing 50 minutes a night. 
Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, I guess Grimes could handle some of the minutes at the point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, between DiVincenzo and Grimes, and uh, maybe you could shake it out that way. But I would think that McBride now has to get some consistent get, I would hope. Run. Yeah. I would hope. I mean, you would, Gordon, if they weren't going to play him, they wouldn't have paid him. Right. I mean, that's a pretty nice extension for a guy who hasn't played a lot. Yeah. So they believe in him. They're going to give him a shot. You know, and it's guaranteed money. So, you know, and it's guaranteed, not like NFL guaranteed, but guaranteed like, you know, really real money. So, yeah, real money. I, what it says on the contract, you will get that. You will get it, whether you whether you play or not, unless mm-hmm. there's a little, there might be some clauses in there, Gordon. You know, you never know. The NBA does have a ton of clauses. They do. This, this exception and that exception. and but they- Right. And, and they're going to have even more as more and more players, you know, need that, uh, you know, that, that rest time. <sighs> Exhausted. <laughs> Exhausting. It's not easy running up and down. Uh, no, I'm sure it's not. I wouldn't be able to do it. But then running again, if you, down, if you, if you paid down. me what these guys are getting paid, Larry, I wouldn't, I'd be terrible, but I'd but be, be out, out there. there. <laughs> I'd be running up and down, Larry. <laughs> smile on my face. Uh, no problem. I got it. Your guy is running wide open. Yeah, I, don't, I got it, Tibbs. Don't worry. I got it. That's right. You don't have to give me the ball. No, I don't want the ball. I don't want the ball. There's nothing good for me having the ball. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon Metropolitan Entertainment welcomes Tool to Madison Square Garden for two nights, Friday, January 12th and Saturday, January 13th. And we at ESPN New York have your chance to score tickets at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Scroll down the contest, submit your entry. It's brought to you by Metropolitan Entertainment. Tool tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Hard to stand Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, give me your thoughts on a little college football action. I, I did it. Not, and then now it's New Year's, New Year's Day night. And Gordon, what I did, because I was personally... Uh, reminded by Buddha from the Bronx mm-hmm. to check out his guy. Yes. Penix Michael out Penix, of Washington. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gordon, he was pretty good. <laughs> he was pretty uh, good. If if you can improve your – and again, I, I'm just starting to look at some draft stuff now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen that Penix generally is projected middle of the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know from doing this other years, quarterbacks who say they're going to go in the middle of the round, quarterbacks always got to get boosted up the, the board. Yeah. So by the time, if you're, say, 10, 12, there's a good chance you're going to go top five. He could not have helped his draft stock anymore. Oh. Uh, I mean, the throws that he oh. was making. Uh, you talk about dropping dimes. Yes. He was dropping absolute oh. seeds. And it was really a, it was a fun game, a wide open game, mm-hmm. and uh, he was he was the absolute star of that game. So fantastic no performance by him, fantastic performance by uh, Washington. I was happy for our buddy Joe Leo and his yeah. team Michigan. Mm-hmm. So Michigan, Washington, for the national champ. I'll say one thing: these games take forever. Larry. They do. Oh my lord! The, they the do. college football they just take forever. They do forever. They do. How about that but overtime in college football there, Gordon? How do you like that? that overtime? That overtime, baby. Oh, <laughs> I hate the overtime. It's so clownish. It's so, oh, I hate it. I know, but, oh, I like both teams to get a sign. It's not baseball. I know. Baseball, everybody gets a turn. Yeah. Football, what you do is if you have to kick, you kick, and then you stop them, 
and then you get the ball. And if mm-hmm. you can't stop them, you don't. There's no guarantee that you get the ball. That's so, right. I hate the college uh, system of the, and I don't like some of the other rules. I understand it's college, you know, the one mm-hmm. foot and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the clock, oh my god, these games just take forever. And I they know do. it's not been a great season in terms of a lot of the college games. They're making up for it. Those two games yesterday were sensational. They were. They were fabulous. They were fabulous. And listen. Um, Washington tried to give it back. Oh, my God. What were they doing, Larry? What were they doing? Penix was on the sideline looking like, oh, my God. Is this, is this really happening? They tried to give it back. Oh, my not, gosh. And it started with the kid running into the receiver the, uh-huh. on the, on the yep, punt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just kept getting worse and worse Well, because the clock never moves. I know. It never moves the clock. It just takes forever. Everything takes. And that was right after um, – the kid on uh, the Michigan kid with the punt. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the, the punt. Ret- I mean, he looked like me returning that punt. He couldn't have made it any worse. <laughs> Luckily, he didn't get it into the end zone, but he didn't miss by much. He didn't miss. He didn't miss. Oh boy. Much. You know, it's funny. I'm looking at the clock. You're talking about how long the games take. I'm looking. At th- I'm like, did, did Texas call timeout? Why is the clock moving? Oh. Like, it, like, it just doesn't move. It never moves. It never moves. It I, I don't move. know how people do it. Um, <laughs> I prefer the NFL product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a better officiated product, though, in college. <laughs> well, it can't be much worse, that's for sure. That is for sure. I mean, they screw up things every single week. And that guy, Brad Allen, it's not yeah. like it's the first time. He had the, the pass right. interference, the Packers and the Chiefs. He was the, he was the lead official that Dolphins-Eagles game where the Dolphins mm-hmm. got called for 10 penalties. The Eagles got called for no penalties. Yeah. His, his it, crew is not good. I am not a conspiracy theorist, but but when you, you come across these people who feel like everything is rigged, mm-hmm. when you see things like this, you, it you, makes it kind of hard to argue the other side. Got to listen. Yeah. You got to listen to it. Now, I understand Brad Allen is working the Steelers-Ravens on oh Saturday. Oh, my God. I mean. So, just, just so you know, they put him in a, harm, they put him in a harmless game. If you're a lineman and you have to report, make sure you say your number. Yes. I am my, my, I'm number 70. My name is yes. Johnson or Jackson or Allen or whatever. whatever my name is. Yeah. I'm going to be over. You know, kind of part of it is the, the element of surprise. Right, right. So you don't want to be like, hey, yo. Yeah. But, what, but he, he got messed up. There's three linemen in front. Oh There's my three God. linemen he in front of him. He, he, he like, handled that call like the kid on Michigan handled that punt. Yeah. Not look, very you know well. what? Actually, it's worse. The kid on Michigan didn't blow the game. That's right. That's right. And Gordon, what he did was he gave Dallas he gave Dallas a chance. They could <sighs> win their division. I mean, they 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 they're in the spot now where if they make it to the postseason, which they'll make it to the postseason, but they're mm. in the spot now where Gordon if if things go right, they're not gonna see the Niners until conference final as opposed to seeing them earlier it does feel like this year it is a clear-cut team in the afc yeah and it is a clear-cut team in the nfc yep Um, and and whether or not a lot of times one of those teams will be the clear-cut team but the other team Mm -hmm. will get picked off along the way very rarely do both clear-cut teams both number one seeds make it um yes i don't remember i'll have to go back and look the last time both number one seeds made it but, uh, yeah, this year it has certainly been the Ravens are just oh. mauling people. They, they, they're dominating. 
Absolutely. They're dominating. Absolutely. They, they, they can beat you in so many different ways. Yep. They can, if, you want to, if you want to slow it down, they can beat you that way. You want to speed mm-hmm. it up, they can beat you. If the, the quarterback has to be brilliant, they can beat you that way. With defense, they can beat you that I mean, they've crushed the Niners. They crushed the Dolphins this past week, ending their mm-hmm. season. They've crushed every, you know, they've crushed the, the Lions. They hammered them earlier in the year. Uh, they destroyed the Browns in one of the games. So they've, they've beaten a lot of good teams, and um, they are, they're going to be a tough out. The scary thing for me is we've all talked about, boy, you know, he needs to, you know, Lamar Jackson needs to throw the ball. He, needs to, he always runs. He's always running. Gordon, he is sitting in the pocket, mm-hmm. and he is picking off receivers. <laughs> like you it's amazing. To- when you improve his receivers, he's able to beat you with his receivers a whole lot. How about lot that? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And his number one guy has been hurt in right. previous years. You know, yep. he's been hurt. But he's been – I mean, he's spreading the ball around, He's and, the, and that makes the running game unbelievable. It does. Gordon and I will continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.